what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good? Hello, hello. Welcome to Spirit-Filled Real Talk. We're going to talk some real talk today in the realm of relationships. OMG. But before we dive in, I wanted to share a couple of things with you all. One, if you have not subscribed to this podcast and it is blessing your face, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. That is the best way to make sure that this message is spread. And if these messages are truly touching your spirit and your heart, please show some love and go ahead and do that. The other thing is, if you actually do subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment or even a review, there is a way to get a free devotional from me. Yes, the God's Vibes Matter devotional. So you can do that over at the website. It's on julianapage.com on the podcast page. So when you subscribe, when you leave a comment, when you rate the podcast, Go to julianapage.com and the podcast page, and that's where you can get a free devotional from me. You're welcome. All right, so let's dive in. Relationships, OMG, right? Humans are such complex beings, right? (laughs) In any given moment, we've got all the thoughts going through our head. We're feeling all the feels. We've got stuff going on in our hearts, and we just smile and act like everything is a-okay, like there's no problems here, just keep it moving, right? And we try to just exist like that until we literally cannot anymore. And often that is when we start examining our inner world and when we start craving tools to change because we realize that we can't fix what we won't face and we cannot change other people or make them change, but we absolutely can change. Now, what I often teach is that apart from God, we are nothing. And apart from God, we can do no good thing. Meaning, I used to be the self-help junkie. I used to love personal development. I found so many mentors and still do, honestly, find mentors in books, on podcasts, right? However, there was no amount of self-help or personal development in the world that could change and transform what only God can, okay? So I didn't start experiencing real radical life change and transformation, literally being a new human in the world, until I started cultivating a relationship with God. And he can do what I can never do. He could make my impossible possible, right? And he could move in and through me, right? And change all sorts of things in my world because God right? Christ in you is the hope of glory. And God literally redeems the time through you, okay? So he reveals his glory, his goodness in and through you. And a lot of times what we do is we wait 
for God to change something outside of us when really he wants to create radical life change in you, okay? So I think that we can often become addicted to self-help and personal development, right? Just read the next book, listen to the next podcast, go to the next conference, invest in the next event. And we can do that like crazy, but still no amount of investing like that can change what only God can. So when it comes to relationships, these are typically where we feel the most pain, where we are the most challenged to grow, and I choose to view them as spiritual assignments. And when you do that, it opens the door for you to view them completely differently, which also helps you then to show up completely differently, okay? And relationships often are the areas of greatest pain or the greatest blessing. One of the reasons that is is because they go straight to the heart, right? When we feel vulnerable, when we express our emotions, when we reveal what's going on in our hearts, we can really be hurt. And many of us have been hurt. And so it can be very difficult to trust somebody. You know, it can take years to build trust for some and just minutes to break it, right? And then to rebuild trust after it's been broken, some never have the courage to go down that path. Right. So we're going to talk just in a most in the most basic level here in the most simple form I can about relationships, any relationship in your life. This could be with a boss. This could be with a coworker. This could be with a family member. This could be with an intimate partner. This could be with a friend. This could be with a relative. This could be with whoever you're thinking about right now. Okay. now, if this person, if this person were never to change, meaning if they were going to keep showing up, doing whatever they're doing that you think should be different, if they were never to change, what would you do? How would you show up? What is this presenting you with an opportunity to be, to see, to change? Think about it that way, because often We want other people to change. We want to fix them. We think we know what all of the keys are to make them a better human and we can help them human better, right? We think we know that. And it's so much easier to try to do other people's work than to actually do your own, okay? So I'm gonna help you do your own today by giving you a couple of reminders and then giving you a couple of tools, okay? So first one being, 1 Corinthians 16, 14, let all that you do be done in love. Let all that you do be done in love. So number one, check your heart, check your motive. Is what you're going to do, whatever you're about to do, is it motivated by love? Is your intention love? Or is your intention to prove a point, to slam this person with a sledgehammer of all of your concerns and all of your ways that they need to change and all of your criticisms and all of your grievances, right? What is your intention? Is it motivated by love? Because literally, if it's not, I would argue, don't do it. Check your own heart. Ask God to purify your motives before meeting and interacting with somebody else, especially if it's in a challenging place, okay? First Peter 4, 8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins, okay? Meaning 
can you choose to love deeply even when it's uncomfortable, even when you feel like something that this person is saying or doing is triggering something in you, even when you feel like something needs to change, right? Are you still able to love deeply, to lean in to situations rather than ignore them or run from them or push them down? Are you able to do that? Are you able to simply hold space for somebody else and listen, keyword listen to them without having to offer any sort of advice, without having to defend yourself in any kind of way? Can you just love and love deeply? Meaning, again, Christ in you is greater than anything in the world, greater than any doubt, greater than any fear, greater than any unbelief, greater than any concern. Christ in you, again, hope of glory is greater. He that is in you is greater than anything outside of you, okay? Huge one. Huge, 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 huge. 1 John 4, 8, whoever does not love, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love, okay? And I will tell you personally, this verse was one that definitely broke me because I realized, man, I don't know God, which means I don't know love, which means that whatever I was doing up to this point was my best effort, but it probably was not love. It was what I learned love should be was supposed to look like, quote unquote, right? But it was not actually love. It was conditional love. It was trying to change somebody else or me trying to change myself to be loved, which is not love, okay? So think about that. And then of course, there's the verse that we often hear, 1 Corinthians 13, four to five, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud. Dang, right? It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. This one's huge. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs, okay? So the more time you spend with somebody, the easier it is to keep a record of wrongs, right? But I would argue if you can be loving and empathetic to total strangers, but you can't do that with your family, something is being presented here, right? Like your partner, your children, their opinions of you matter than a total stranger. They matter more than a total stranger, okay? So if they can't speak highly of you, if they're not experiencing your love, what actually are they getting from you? It's an invitation, okay? Because they're seeing all parts of you and they should receive for sure the most love from you, okay? So When you think about relationship, often we go into relationship with the wrong motive. We're not going into relationship interactions, encounters with the motive or the intention or the mission, whatever word you want to choose, of love. We're going in with a self-seeking agenda, okay? (laughs) Often, we're going in to get something. I need you to give me answers. I need you to do X, Y, or Z in order for me to be happy. I need you to change this or else, right? Often we go in to get something, which creates a lot of anxiety, creates a lot of pressure, and it creates a lot of distress in the relationship. So what I could offer here is to go in with the intention of giving. And what I mean by giving is getting out of the way so that God can flow through you. How do you do that? God, I lift up this relationship to you. 
I ask God that you reveal to me how you see this person, how much you love this person, what is on your heart for this person, and give me the strength, the courage, the compassion, the love to give you to this person. Help me to get out of the way and allow your goodness to flow in our interaction. Guard my tongue against anything that would divide and destroy. Keep a guard over my mouth against anything that would be a sin against you. Holy Spirit, give me the words to say in this encounter. Be at the center of this interaction. Let wisdom, grace, and mercy flow in Jesus' name. And let your will be made plain. Right? That's how you get out of the way. (laughs) Literally, get out of the way. Okay? And invite God in to what you're about to go experience. Often, too, especially if fear and anxiety or anything is bubbling up, I cancel that. In the name of Jesus, I cancel all strife. I cancel all division. I cancel any chaotic thought, any lie. I cast it down and out of my mind now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that my mind is renewed to the mind of Christ and that this interaction will bring forth relief. It will bring forth gratitude and it will glorify God in Jesus name, right? So anytime some sort of fear, some sort of anxiety is coming up. I don't just feel it and give it airtime. I cancel that sucker and get it out of the way. And just like I get that stuff out of the way, I get out of the way. Any impure motives that I have, I turn that over to God and invite him into the interaction so that he can be present in that interaction. It's not all up to me anymore. And I can truly be open to loving whoever this person is in this interaction and allowing God to flow in this interaction, okay? So again, I'm not alone in this interaction. And even if I can't find the words, if I can't say something to say, if I ask God to help me do that, he absolutely will. And I expect that. In those interactions, let me tell you, go a thousand times better than in, in, in any interaction that God is not in, okay? So that's an example about purifying your motive. Go with the intention of something to give. Why? Because you're connected to the greatest giver on earth. You are connected to the author and perfecter of love. You are connected to compassion himself. You are connected to the supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding. You are connected to joy. You are connected to supernatural solutions and wisdom and discernment and understanding. Okay. You are connected to everything you need, everything you need. All right. So you do absolutely have something to give. And when you come with a intention to give and to love, that drastically changes the interaction. Okay. Now, number two It's really important in relationships, specifically your most challenging ones, to turn over your story. Turn over your story to God as well. Meaning, God, I'm willing to see things differently. I repent for holding this resentment and this fear in my heart. I give this hurt over to you. And I ask that you help me to see things differently. I am willing to see things differently. Show me what you've got. And at the same time, God, I pray that you prepare this person's heart, that you renew their mind, 
that you open them to your wisdom, to your mercy, to your guidance before, during, and through this interaction. Do what only you can do. Give me strength to show up in Jesus' name, right? So there's ways that, again, you can turn over this interaction and you can allow God to renew your mind and change your story. Because if you ultimately have the most conviction about a negative story and about something in the past that happened, you are not open to the new thing that God is wanting and desiring to do. Like God absolutely does want to answer your prayer. His desire, his will, we like to say, God, reveal your will. It's in his word. Okay, so if you don't feel like you have an answer, his will is in his word. He does not, in this instance, God loves his children. Relationships are God's heart. He wants us to be in unity, dwell in unity with one another. He wants us to be connected. His heart is not division. His heart is not strife. Where there's strife, there's every other wicked thing. So God wants us to use our authority to cast that stuff out and to not partner with that, but to partner with him and love. Okay. Let all that you do be done in love. All right. So our story What we rehearse in our mind over and over, what we start to feel some kind of way about, and what we just literally project onto other people, specifically those that have broke our trust or hurt us, is a story of how they're the bad guy, a story of how we've been victimized, a story of how they're never going to change and how there's no hope, right? And that story is often fed by the enemy as well. However, we do not have to accept the story. We don't need to continue to tell a story. We can actually change the story. And we don't do it by just simply trying to think a new story. We ask God to help us. (laughs) Renew my mind. Show me how you see this person. Right? You can even pray for this person. Because it is very hard to hate somebody and pray for them at the same time. All right? It is also impossible to love them and hate them at the same time. Okay? You get to choose what you're going to do. All right? And we love people by seeing them the way God does, by calling forth the gold in them, by choosing what we're going to focus on. Do we want to keep dragging the past into our future? Do we want to give them space to actually be who God says they are, to call forth their greatness, to acknowledge and honor what they are doing, how they are showing up, where they are getting it right, where you are proud of them? where you are grateful for them. Is that what you're doing consistently or nah, right? So when we think about what we feed a relationship, it's very clear where that ship is sailing very quickly. So for example, just so you have context and can visually see this, you've got two people in any relationship. Yeah, cool. Okay, one person is bringing their consistent thoughts feelings, emotions, and whatever is stored up in their heart. And the other person is bringing their consistent thoughts, feelings, emotions, and whatever is stored up in their heart. They come together, and depending on what is shared, which is whatever is in their heart, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, that will be what is fueling the relationship. And bad fuel leads to yucky destinations. Good fuel leads to beautiful destinations, okay? So you can see very quickly if you just step back for a second, you even just think about for you personally, because that is who you can control. When you think about the thoughts that you're consistently thinking, the emotions 
that you're consistently feeling, literally the energy that you're putting in, into motion that people can feel, they can feel you without you saying a word. And whatever you've got stored up in your heart, people feel that too. They experience that too. Again, without you expressing a word, they can feel it, okay? So if you are angry, they can feel it. If you don't trust them, they can feel it. Just from your tone sometimes too and how you ask questions, they can feel whatever is literally vibing out of you, okay? So two people in a negative place, not managing their minds, not feeling and reflecting on their feelings and what's going on inside of them, not processing things with God, not renewing their mind, none of that stuff, create a mess, okay? And that's no surprise because of what's happening consistently. So you can't just think good thoughts for one interaction. You can't just say nice things for one interaction and expect everything to change. Can you experience a change in that moment? Yes, but can that change the way or the destination that the ship is sailing to? No, it's consistent thoughts, feelings, emotions, and that's why actually investing in your inner work is so important. And the more you invest in your own inner work, you can see and recognize what others' capacity is, right? So sometimes when people say, you can tell when somebody has been spending time with God. 100% true. Why? Because you can see it on their face. They literally have favor on their face, right? (laughs) You can see that they are bubbling up with peace. They're bubbling up with joy. They're bubbling up with presence. Like they are literally present with you in the moment, because of things that have been revealed in their interaction with God, because of how God has calmed their soul, because of what has happened in that interaction, the same peace that they experience with God, they can bring into their world. The same presence that they experience in their quiet time, in their interactions with God, they can bring into their world and into their interactions. And you can tell the difference. Like, oh, you definitely had a Jesus time out today. Like, you can absolutely tell. That ain't random. Okay, they didn't just wake up on the right side of the bed, like something happened there. All right. So when two people, though, are not doing their work, it's no surprise that their relationship is not going to look like it and it's not going to be sailing in a good direction. All right. So with that in mind, what story have you been telling yourself? What have you been thinking about consistently? Therefore, what have you been feeling consistently and what have you been expressing consistently? Are you willing to change because you You, Y-O-U, have to be willing to change before you can even talk about somebody else changing because otherwise you'll be out of integrity. Okay, so that's another recommendation. And then lastly, we often go into interactions expecting, again, to get something, but we don't go into interactions just with the mission of compassion, connection, and love. We don't go in like that. We go in with agenda, with motive, with, you know, some sort of desire, okay? So if you were to go into an interaction focused throughout the interaction on just holding space for this person to be who they are, express what they want without your opinion, without your advice, without you needing to change anything. Like, it's all good. It's fine. Just let them be. Just let them express. Hold space for that. Hold compassion for that. Connect in that. Be present. Be loving. If you were to do that, what would you, you would create in this instance? Safety. Safety. All right? 
A lot of times in relationship, when things are going wrong, trust has been broken and we no longer feel safe with somebody. Okay, but the question here, again, ask yourself this first, am I being a safe person? Am I a safe person for somebody to express their insides with? If they say a thought that's on their mind, if they express something that's in their heart, if they are emotional, am I going to make that mean something? Am I going to get offended? Am I going to try to defend myself for some reason? Or can I see that whatever they're thinking, feeling, expressing, it's valid? And I can hold space for that. I can be compassionate. I can remain connected in the moment without trying to dodge it. And I can be there without making that mean anything about me. And simply loving this person. Because when you actually hold space without trying to respond, without trying to defend, without trying to judge, without any of that, when you actually hold space, you're listening, you're present. And when you're present, that is when wisdom can come forth. That is when you can get a download of revelation. That's when you can hear what God is saying, not just what that other person is saying. And when you hear God in a relationship, huge, huge. For example... A person could be saying, you keep doing X, Y, or Z, and that makes me feel X, Y, or Z. Okay? That person could say that. You could be like, you know, and get all offended and take it personally and mer, right? But if you were hearing God in this instance, what is this person saying? That actually hurt me when you said this because that made me feel like you don't think that I am worthy enough, valuable, right? So if you hear that, this person was actually hurt. This person was actually experiencing pain because of something that happened that you might have caused, right? And then if you are hearing God in that interaction versus the finger pointing in the blame, if you can hear God behind a thing, you can actually then humble yourself, okay? before the Lord, (laughs) because you do everything is unto the Lord, not man, okay? So you can humble yourself before the Lord and he'll lift you up. You can say, I am sorry. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. That was never what I wanted you to experience. I didn't mean to do that. I could see how that definitely would come across that way. Thank you for sharing that with me because now I'm aware and I definitely will work on that. But what I do mean is that I do love you and you do do enough. And what I meant was this. You see what I'm saying? So you can actually change the tone of an entire conversation if you can just be present without having to defend yourself or without having to take something personally because we get to choose if we're going to do that or not. And again, whatever is going on inside somebody is their business. And if they choose to share it with you, are you safe? Meaning, can they share that with you without you taking it personally, without them having to try to really control how they say it so that you don't get some kind of way, right? Can they share it with you without you just absorbing it and slamming them with it in the very wrong moment in the future, right? Are you a safe person to share with? Are you a safe person to build trust with, which is revealed in time? Do you only care about yourself and what you can get? Or do you actually care about this person and hearing them out and making some adjustments to love them? Think about it, right? And you won't know if you're not present. 
And again, the easiest thing to do is make it about the other person. But in relationships, you're never fighting the other person. You're fighting what's operating in the dynamic. So when there's division, that obviously is not God. That obviously is not the highest self of either person. And that is what you want to fight, not the other person. But you cannot do that if you are not safe. Meaning, if you are going to make everything about you and get caught up in pride or even being a victim, you're not going to hear things clearly. You're not going to see them clearly. You're not going to say things well. All right? So be safe. Evaluate what that looks like. You can even ask somebody. You know, I've noticed that I have not been a safe space. I've violated trust. I've said some things that I can't take back. Can you offer me some feedback about how I can be a safe space for you? Because I really do want to be that for you. You know, and I hope you can be that for me too. Right? Doing things like this, again, radically change the depth and the quality of any relationship. I'll give you an example. I had a boss that I definitely felt was moody, was very volatile, was very difficult to interact with. And I often had a thought that somebody being moody like that was even worse than interacting with somebody who struggled with alcoholism. Because at least with somebody that's struggling with alcoholism, you can tell when they're under the influence. When somebody's all caught up in a mood, you don't know what's going to come out of them from any given moment. So I had a boss like this. And it could be any, you know, good one moment, completely crazy and chaotic the next moment never happy, never expressing anything good, <laughs> only venting and stirring up all sorts of just cray and drama, okay? And it's not what I like to interact with and operate in at all. So it definitely was triggering something in me. I'm like, really though? Like you are like adulting, okay? Like there, there's way, way more ways that you can be communicating and expressing yourself and leading, dare I say leading, okay? Or you also have experience in all of these other modalities. So you of all people, quote unquote, should have your mind managed and your emotions under control, right? So like these things are coming up in me, okay? Which is my business, right? Now, I started to recognize, okay, I could go into old people-pleasing habits that I learned in childhood because that's really what this boss was triggering. I could go into codependency where I'm like constantly trying to make sure that all of her needs are met to avoid some sort of confrontation or some outburst or dare I say tantrum, right? Or I could see this as a spiritual assignment and see that God is revealing something here and giving me an opportunity to change and break a very bad pattern of accommodating this kind of behavior, okay? So what I was led to do was be a neutral human. Whatever happens, however this boss decides to show up, I am going to be neutral. I am not going to, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna try to make it better. I'm not even gonna offer words of encouragement. I'm gonna let this, this boss have the tantrum, have the outburst, and hear the cray, okay? And what I am gonna do is be very clear on what my role is and what my job is, to do my job. So I'm gonna keep it about doing my job and not take it personally, not make it mean something, right? 
And in a healthy way, sometimes that could be walking away or changing the subject or saying what I'm going to do, right? But letting this person have the emotional outburst, whatever is going on, let the person do their thing without making it mean something and without taking it personally and just focusing on my job. Sure enough, that person no longer saw me as a space to be sharing that kind of outburst, that kind of projection, that kind of negativity with. No drama, right? But this this boss saw me as the person that was reliable, that was consistent, that was safe, meaning I didn't take things personally. I didn't push this person away. I didn't make it mean something. I just did my job and was consistent in that. And that allowed space for this person to decide to keep showing up that way or to change. And this person gradually did change in different ways and brought her stuff to other people, not just me. So at any rate, what that did was it broke a pattern of people pleasing and codependency in my own life. I do not tolerate dishonor, disrespect. I am not a space just to project drama, unnecessary drama. However, I will hold space to be compassionate. I will hold space for you to share whatever's coming up for you, but I'm not going to make that mean something. And I'm definitely not going to make it mean anything about me, but I will hear you. I will hold space and I will do my job. And that helped me to develop an edge. It helped me to be very professional in a very unprofessional environment. And it changed the culture. It changed the dynamic for the better. So that's just an example, again, with a boss, okay, of how that that scenario was changed from dysfunction to function, right? And into high function later on. But very, very interesting. I could have played that out in many different ways, but I saw this as an assignment. What is this giving me an opportunity to do? What is this giving me an opportunity to see? What is this giving me an opportunity to become? What would be the most loving, compassionate thing to do here, right? And then I was able to see what was behind the crazy outburst and the tantrum. And I was able to address different concerns that were coming up differently and offer different solutions, which I would have totally missed if I just made it about this boss and what was going on. Okay, so just an example. But I encourage you, when you think about relationships, check your motive. Do all things in love. Am I doing that or am I just asking the other person to do that regardless of how I show up? Because is that even fair, though? Okay, am I showing up to this with an old story that is not serving me, right? Because just like a bad diet won't change all the workouts that you do, (laughs) right? It's not going to cancel out all the good working out that you're doing. A bad diet will definitely ruin your working out and all of the good action you're taking. The wrong story will definitely ruin the right words in the moment. It will ruin what you're, whatever you're not doing consistently, it'll ruin that. If you have conviction about this old story, you are not believing in the new one and you're definitely not going to create it. So are you coming up to a relationship with an old story? Okay. And are you willing to be present and hold space so that you can be safe? Are you safe? Think about that before you ask or require anything from somebody else. You've got to be bringing to the table what it is that you desire to receive in a relationship consistently. And that reveals your work. Okay, so I just wanted to offer that because when you do truly practice these tools and when you do apply these things and you actually are transforming, you will see 
your relationships transform as well and you will have really healthy and deeply fulfilling relationships in your life. And that really is my desire for you. All right. So I hope this message blessed you. Oh, one nugget that's coming up too. <laughs> a bonus nugget. When you are in relationships, avoid when you're talking about yourself and how you're thinking, how you're feeling, use I statements for sure. But when you're talking about the relationships, use we statements, use we statements. So for example, you might be tempted to say, I can't have any more stress, any more burden in my life, which the other person is going to take that personally. because they're going to think that you're referring to them, that they are the stress. They are the burden in your life. Say this instead. We cannot afford to have any more stress or burdens. So what are we going to do about it? Get yourself back on the same page with the other person. Don't make it about them and how they need to change. What are we going to do, right? So that you can actually be in it together. Okay. All right. I hope this message blessed you. If you want to go deeper into doing your work, I highly recommend hiring a coach. All right. What I have found when people come to me, it's often it'll be to bring their business to the next level. But then what's happening is the relationship is in a crisis, which really means they are in a crisis and their spiritual life is typically in a crisis. So it's a big cluster of things that we work on together. But the beautiful thing is when you change one thing, you change everything. So people quickly find that when they change the relationship, their spiritual core, they change the relationship with self, they change the relationship with partner and they change their business and how they're showing up in it. So everything can change when you when you change. And that doesn't happen unless you're doing the work consistently. And a lot of times we can't see where we're getting in our own way because we're so connected to it. So coaching is a beautiful vehicle to accelerate radical life change in your life. I highly recommend getting started. I do offer free discovery calls so that you can ensure that I am the best fit to help you get to your next. So if you want to book one of those, go ahead and go check out julianapage.com. Go under the work with me tab and you can click the button there to book a free discovery call. All right, everybody, until next time, stay blessed.